0: Greetings, friends, and welcome to this very special sneak peek at the Patreon content for How To Wrestling. If you want to support the show, support myself and Joe, and help the podcast get made, well, enjoy this little slice of what you usually get at patreon.com forward slash How To Wrestling. We're going all the way back to SummerSlam 2015. Joe and I have reviewed every single major WWE pay per view. Along the way, we've reviewed NXT takeovers. We've also been starting to review the AEW pay per views and lots of side ventures and little bits of bonus content along the way. There's over 55 bonus episodes available of the pay-per-view variety if you become just a $5 backer, and as well as that, you get access to our How To Revisited series, where we look back and see how the stories have changed on some of the superstars and men and women of wrestling who we've looked at in the past, and maybe the story has changed a little bit since then. Obviously, the story of Shane McMahon has changed somewhat greatly since we recorded our episode a month or two after his big return in 2016. Later on this month, you can expect How To Shane McMahon Revisited visited. Head over to Facebook and Twitter if you want to add your thoughts on how things have changed for Shane O'Mac since then. But hey, if you want to become a background patron, you get access to all that great content. As well as that, you can do things like request an episode, request an impression, or a voiceover for myself or Joanna. Or you can even sponsor an episode of How To Wrestling to get some more eyes and ears on your project, your podcast, your website, or whatever. And as well as that, don't forget, it's going to be amazing. Our next episode is How To Music. We're going to be talking all about the world of music in wrestling the origins the best the worst and maybe some fantasy booking musicals along the way if you want to be live in london for that podcast recording and be in the crowd while we're talking about one of the most important and near and dear topics to my heart in wrestling you can head on over to kingsplace.co.uk check out how to wrestling live it's going to be the 7th of september in london tickets are £9.50 and when you get three or more tickets you get 15% off and across the podcast festival there's loads of amazing stuff from Earwolf, Doughboys, even the Attitude Era podcast, you're gonna be there doing a show on the same day. Come meet some of Team Friendship, meet myself, Joe, and the rest of the Attitude Era podcast, and all the folks are gonna be down in London. It's gonna be our third year at the podcast festival, and it's always a lovely time. But for now, enjoy this. It's a little taste of SummerSlam 2019. lovely five dollar backer slash would be five dollar backer you it's kevin and joe here hello hello and we're here today to talk to you about a very near and dear event to our hearts because this marks the start of our pay-per-view reviews always a bit of an anniversary it's time for SummerSlam 2019
1: yay
0: i will never forget where we first were when we first reviewed at SummerSlam, and john stewart himself showed up like a Blinding white light oh, on the top of a hill.
1: Was that really SummerSlam? That was SummerSlam. That was my first SummerSlam. Twice.
0: That was SummerSlam.
1: He did oh, it again as well. Like. When did he do it the second time? In 2016. It's 2015,
0: 2016. Had John Stewart SummerSlam, which led you to think that SummerSlam was the one night of the year where John Stewart <laughs> comes into the WWE
1: universe. John Stewart comes out to play.
0: Yeah. Uh, alas, no John Stewart here tonight. But we did have on the card an historically ridiculous 15 matches, and we didn't have much time for a two-hour. pre- Show like most of the universe, mm-hmm. so we're going to uh, run down some of the main cards. Uh, why did you find the Summer Sam generally, Joe?
1: It was fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was. It was fine. Yeah. It was better than I expected, but not as good as I hoped.
0: Right. Okay. I, I see what you mean. It, it certainly is like one of the biggest pay per views of the year, and I think it's once again one of those instances of like, performers doing their damnedest with the constraints that have been afforded to them by the very... I think, as it stands at the moment, the way they write WWE shows is, like, very, very ad hoc, which is a nice little phrase. Yeah, no
1: shit. I mean, didn't Vince McMahon, he was up till, like... Six in the morning, or yeah, something, rewriting like r- the Raw before SummerSlam, like just yeah, changing storylines. He
0: threw out the SmackDown before this. He threw it out like two hours beforehand. And Vince also tore up like the SmackDown the week prior to that as well, which could be good news if your new executive producer, Eric Bischoff. <laughs>
1: I heard that, unlike Paul Heyman, who is taking quite an active role in Raw, mm-hmm. I heard that Eric Bischoff, it's more of like a vanity title, and he's just there for show, and he actually has no interest in, in the day-to-day runnings of yeah, SmackDown. Eric
0: paid $15,000 to become an executive for a day in WWE. <laughs> yeah.
1: so do you think that's what's happening then?
0: Um, it seems to be, because Paul Heyman is like producing segments, he's like bringing up talent from NXT, he's... He's writing storylines. Yeah, he's
1: staying up till 4am with the writers to help come up with the angles and stuff, right? Yeah,
0: the only difference is he's not doing it in his mom's basement this time. He's doing it in Stanford, Connecticut, which is much, much nicer. <laughs> Mom still does do the ironing in the corner, though. It's just you know, in a much nicer office. <laughs> I bet. Uh, But Bischoff... I've heard a few things. One with Bischoff, which was like, you know, he's definitely starting on this date. And then he, like, releases a statement saying, like, no, I'm not starting on that day. I'm moving to Connecticut on that day, And then it's like, he is starting... On this day, his fingerprints will be all over the show. Like, no, I'm not starting. I'm just having my induction training today. I'm just learning how to log on to the to the, to the wireless network. <laughs> well, that will and... take him
1: at least a month. Yeah. He's got to do that CRT <laughs> screen reading training.
0: I nearly failed my... set. Sa- it was a job I had where I had to do this, like, required safety training. Yeah. And there was, like... It was a spot the difference thing for, like, fire safety things. Yeah. And there was, like, 16 things you had to find. And I could only find 15. And there was a time limit on it. Oh, my God. And if you didn't get all 16 in time, that was it. Like, And to the point where I failed it like five or six <laughs> times and just left it. And then someone came to me and was like, have you been getting on okay with your training? It's like, no, I wasn't able to spot all the fire hazards and now I'm going to
1: get fired, I think. <laughs> at my last job, we had to do those safety training things every month. Oh, We had good. to do about an hour or two hours worth. But I figured out that if you finish the test, it would show you the correct answers at the very end. Ah, So sneaks. Then I'd keep that window open and then do it a second time around and get all the answers correct. And then I showed it to all my colleagues and gave them all the answers, making me the most popular girl in the office.
0: Well, Eric Bischoff, if he wants to become the most popular... Popular and the safest executive in WWE. That's the route to doing it. But yeah, yeah he's yet to, I think, actually do anything.
1: <laughs> I don't think I could recognize what Eric Bischoff's fingerprint would be. Like, maybe because we've not done an episode on him. I,
0: I think that we will need to do that Eric Bischoff episode sooner rather than later. Uh, probably because if we don't actually find out what Eric Bischoff's fingerprints look like, it may be indeterminate if he ever does this new job at all like
1: <laughs> I wonder what the artwork would be for Eric Bischoff because he's such an amorphous being like
0: Yeah, you're convinced that he's a lizard, aren't you? He's a doppler. Yeah. <laughs> he totally is. He just wants to be human. What's the what's the wrong with that like Human,
1: vampire, elf All the different species.
0: Why do you think he keeps booking the NWO? Because there's as many humans as possible as he can get on screen at once. He just loves humanity. That's all that is. (laughs) That's the the, kind of the wickedness of Eric Bischoff is that he has that great love and yet he doesn't know how to express it truly.
1: So for a quick rundown then, for people like me who aren't familiar with Eric Bischoff, Mm -hmm. what are some things we should be looking out for on Smackdown to maybe tell if it's his work? Because like Paul Heyman, we've got like big bombastic action scenes, you know, huge like going through boxes and walls.
0: Braun Strowman breaking shit. Yeah. Maria and the whole Cook storyline Yeah. Uh yeah if anyone reveals themselves to be a secret lesbian you'll be seeing that on Paul Heyman's show right. you better believe it and if Tommy Dreamer comes in to kiss all the girls that will also be a Paul <laughs> Heyman decision um, B- it's weird with Bischoff because Bischoff is kind of he's known mainly for one thing which is the NW angle, which was uh, it's a big faction. We touched on it very briefly in the Scott Hall. And Sorry, the NW angle. The NWO oh, angle. Oh, okay, right. yeah. The yeah. New World Order. With we touched on that. evil Hulk Hogan. Evil Hulk Hogan, uh, evil, sexy Scott Hall, yep. uh, a lot of baddies in that group. And he's been known to rehash that idea quite a few times within okay. WCW and TNA. Any sort of storyline where it is kind of alluding to... Like there being a big controlling conspiracy group that's actually in control. And when you think... A lot of it's quite similar to, to Russo in some ways. Really? But Bischoff himself was never going to sit down and write a wrestling show start to finish. He's an, He's an executive producer, you see. Ah. He's certainly a lot less hands-on Right. Than, than Paul Heyman. and Eric Bischoff think for instance, might be like, uh-oh, we've got an era TV to fill. Put out loads of Cruiserweight matches while I focus on getting Hogan the right beer that he likes in his trailer.
1: That sounds great. <laughs> no, that sounds genuinely really good. We need that. There's lots of talent who aren't being used mm-hmm. and a lot of main storylines that are being neglected.
0: Well, maybe, perhaps. I, I think what I've heard, though, is that he's mainly been used is because Eric has got um, a lot of experience dealing with networks I, I think they think they're having Eric Bischoff installed for head of SmackDown before SmackDown moves to Fox, which is going to be a big, huge thing that's going to happen this fall with WWE. They're moving to a major network, and we're in the UK, so it doesn't make much difference to us. But in America, obviously, the money that them going to Fox, which is a major network, is going to be huge. There's big expectations. Some think it might be like, oh, Eric is really good because he... He's good at business and dealing with execs and dealing with TV for people.
1: Even though he went bankrupt.
0: Even though he went bankrupt. That was a personal bankruptcy, though, Joe. That wasn't a business bankruptcy, okay? okay? So (laughs) EB went PB, not BB, okay? (laughs) 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 But... I think in my heart of hearts that he's kind of like a stopgap. Like, Vince McMahon has built a great big wall of sand against the incoming tidal wave of Fox being disappointed with the product. And Eric <laughs> Bischoff is the sturdy sand wall that's going to get knocked down at the first sight of trouble. Great. I think it could be like, oh, it's him. And then Eric it's, is like, I've only been here. like It's my first day. I'm still... I still haven't got my my uniform. I still have to wear this plain pair of black trousers that I brought from home. I don't. I've got. I haven't got the training yet. I
1: haven't even got my security card that lets me in the building yet. I still have to call reception they have, they have every to time. To me, let me in. in.
0: Yeah, every time they do. <laughs> I don't know anyone's names yet. Stephanie McHugh. I don't know. I don't know anyone. So you know, you'll he, have that going for a while. Right. It's, it's been his first day for a good three months now. It feels like.
1: Unlike Paul Heyman, who seemed to start working at RAW before he started working at RAW. Yeah.
0: The big reveal of Heyman is like, oh, it's not changed that much, RAW. I was like, yeah, because he was apparently already producing like loads of shit on it (laughs) just a little bit more now but i will say given how you know we talked about this a few episodes ago that this was gonna be a big big change yeah and you're gonna see it next pay-per-view i don't think i have really noticed that much of a change overall
1: not really i mean there's bits here and there Tainted bits of Paul Heyman around generally. Mm. I mean, the Maria canella storyline is the most obvious.
0: Yeah, that kind of clicked for you. Like, if, yeah. you, if you listen to the Paul Heyman episode, that one makes a whole lot of sense. Like,
1: and Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley going through the big box. Yeah, that's but very true. Other than those two. I can't really think of anything that's like really seems like it's big Paul Heyman stuff. The, the Brock
0: Lesnar beatdown of Seth where he got the sauce coming out of his mouth and all oh, that. Yeah. I think that that's a that's a that's a Heyman thing, I what think. What about
1: Seth doing his sad little promo?
0: I don't know whose idea that
1: was. I think that was Seth's idea. Yeah,
0: great job, Seth. It was a really good idea. It really made me think you couldn't possibly win. Like. I
1: get the idea with that. Like, whosoever idea it was to do that, I understand where they were coming from. Mm. Like, they're trying to make Seth Rollins seem cool and personable and human, and to identify with him is difficult because he's so successful and, like, the peak of human physicality. Yeah, that's true. So to have him be beaten up and have the sauce in his mouth and... Then have the
0: street prophets tell him he's cool. Tell him he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a the surefire way, like.
1: And then, like, lying in the ring and sadly talking. Like, I... We're supposed to relate to that. I yeah. get it. It just didn't work.
0: Didn't click. Seth
1: Rollins is an inherently unrelatable human being.
0: I really, really want to know your thoughts because surprisingly, neither of these men had matches here tonight. Uh, one of the big four. No Roman Reigns. I know, no, no my
1: boy Roman.
0: No Roman Reigns here tonight and no Daniel Bryan either. Yeah. Uh, and no one, no Eric Rowan either, mm. unless you count the pre-show. I was wondering your thoughts on the mystery attacker storyline with roman reigns first having barrels pushed on him and then missing his samoan summit and having his car crashed into
1: i liked some of it i
0: which bits did you like
1: (laughs) well i kind of liked but i liked it in the wrong way i think you know the bit, the first bit that happened where he gets knocked over by the barrels? He's
0: like, here comes Roman Reigns. We okay, come- we're going to do an
1: interview with Roman Reigns here. Is, uh, he's going to be arriving here any second now. Just He's he's 30 seconds away. Can, can we
0: check the drone footage of Roman coming around <laughs> the corner there? I really feel that would really sell SummerSlam announcement. Yeah,
1: he was like 40 feet away from the interviewer. And she had already started the interview. Even though... Never once in the history of interviews on WWE have they started an interview with the interviewee not there already. Yeah, very
0: slowly sauntering. This was very much like if you ever played one of the original SmackDown games on PS1. Ah. A lot of the scenes would start this way, with someone kind of walking over in their generic animation.
1: See, I like that. And I think they should do things like that more often without the whole, you know, there's a forklift operator who's gone wild and decided to destroy everything. Because I quite like seeing the backstage scenery a bit more and having that mm. element of space. Yeah. So I, I liked Roman Reigns slowly walking towards her and then being knocked over by all the barrels. And
0: I also really liked Roman Reigns being okay because I got worried there for a moment. I
1: didn't like Roman Reigns being okay.
0: Yeah, you thought he should have... I mean, that's, that's what I thought they were going to do. Is like, oh, Roman's either been crushed by barrels yeah. or he's been run over, so he's got to miss SummerSlam. He's but...
1: too strong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who can stop
1: this strong man who's, like, totally unstoppable? He was... Destroyed by barrels and a forklift operator, he was ran into by a car, and he's fine and not wrestling.
0: Yeah, what? I don't understand. Like, what about the the car incident? Like,
1: I loved the car incident. Yeah. I loved the car incident. Was my favorite bit of all, especially because you had Samoa Joe there mm. and Roman had previously accused Samoa Joe of controlling the forklift.
0: There's the thing you thought you'd have to you'd be saying about yourself when we first did our Samoa Joe episode. Was he operating the forklift mechanism?
1: I want a wrestling game. With a special Shenmui level where you have Samoa Joe operating a <laughs> forklift.
0: And you have to go over and like, you have to drop all the... you got to drop eight barrels on Roman Reigns <laughs> in warehouse number four, kids.
1: But yeah, no, I, I loved the car bit because Samoa Joe was there. And that meant that we knew Samoa Joe wasn't it. And then you had Samoa Joe being all like caring for Roman and being like, man, are you okay? Like, keep your head down. Keep your head down. You know
0: what my favorite part of all this was? Was on Smackdown when Roman was like, Samoa Joe, I just want to say... I don't accuse you of trying to run me over or trying to hurt me, and I shouldn't have done that, and I apologise, man. I fucking and love the that. The Pop yeah. like, yes.
1: <laughs> More apologies and wrestling. I, I really so. want it. I think it's great, and it makes Roman seem like Roman Reigns. Like that's the side of Roman Reigns that
0: is He's human. Is true to himself. Yeah. Like, he is
1: a charismatic, nice guy in real life, and I think part of that doesn't come across in his character often. Yeah. So that was like, it was really nice to see. And also it added a real depth to Samoa Joe because Mm. he is such a scary villain. He's such a monster heel and then to have him be apologised to and looking after Roman in the car after the accident was like this whole other dimension. It
0: shows that the crowd, if you were to ever turn Joe face, people would love him because you yeah. already know straight away that even though he's a badass, he does have...
1: This caring little, side to him. A little tiny caring bit
0: to him. So they had a whole thing where were Roman attacked Buddy Murphy and Buddy Murphy, who finally got himself a match on Smackdown out of this, got beaten up loads by Roman Reigns. He then said it was Rowan who had operated the forklift yep. and then Roman bet up Buddy Murphy Murphy as well here at the start of SummerSlam.
1: Poor Buddy Murphy.
0: Poor <laughs> Buddy Murphy. Like can't get a fucking break. Like you're not, you're not, you're not at the uh, Super Showdown anymore. Unfortunately, Buddy. But they ended the thing on SmackDown this week where Daniel Bryan and Rowan came out and they said it wasn't Rowan. It definitely wasn't Rowan. We have proof. Oh. And also we've done our own investigation and we will reveal who ran over Roman Reigns next week.
1: Wow. Which
0: tells me. They absolutely 100% don't know where they're going with this. Yeah. This is last season three all over again, folks. They don't know what's going on with this one.
1: Okay, so who do we think is the culprit?
0: I mean, I really would have thought it was Roman or Daniel Bryan. You know, easy, set up a big, long feud. I mean, how great would it be? Heal Daniel Bryan and face Roman Reigns? I actually, I'm ready for that now. Oh,
1: I'd love that. I'd love to see Roman fight Daniel Bryan. I bet they'd get some great matches. I want to see Roman Reigns do the Superman punch to Daniel Bryan, and then Daniel Bryan just... Flop big around. flip around yeah. yeah
0: the last time we got these two was when they did the whole like daniel bryan like no i don't want to be in the main event of wrestlemania roman <laughs> he's <laughs> the best he's the one like so this is like a full heel and full face so i think inevitably it will end up being daniel bryan or that like it's not rowan it's another person who daniel bryan has added to his stable luke
1: harper, perhaps. like perhaps
0: luke harper has been dragged away kicking and screaming from doing nothing and He's actually gonna be used on TV, like That'd be nice. Or maybe Vincent just doesn't think he has the right accent to be someone who would try and kill Roman Reigns. I uh, d I don't, I don't yeah. know, like to you be know fair. to be fair, you know. It's an accent's business, isn't it? Yeah. You know? So I'm I'm interested with that. I think it's it's a good hook to have going into into fall with, with the whole debut on Fox
1: and it's nice as well having roman not compete for like a championship mm. it's like given him some space to like develop as a character and i think his character development i think has come so far in the last a couple of weeks. And if alone. you just keep him
0: away from that big belt, yeah. that's the thing. I remember which, how much John Cena did more character development in the six months where he was like US champion decided yeah. to stop going for the big belt and people loved him suddenly, including us. So. And
1: it's the same thing with like Seth Rollins. Like, he's suddenly after the belt now and it's like tainted him. It's like yeah. a curse.
0: Him when he was the Intercontinental champion instead yeah. burning, it, burning it down or whatever. People that, loved it. People loved it a lot more. Yeah. God, a poison chalice that big belt, isn't it, it like? It really is. I think as
1: <laughs> soon as the... I, I wonder if there's like certain people involved in the writing for certain belts and they just aren't good at it.
0: I don't know, I think it's they've had difficulty with with that universal belt I guess, that yeah. big red boy. But let's sink our teeth into the main card of SummerSlam. We start things off with a very very big one indeed as Becky Lynch took on Natalia, the hometown girl here of course in Canada. They had uh, made many references to it being you know, the, the home of the hearts and whatnot I have to say This is a submission match, and straight away I was really excited because I think on this card there were so many references to Bret Hart, and I felt this is the most well fucking timed Mm -hmm. like episode that we'd ever done. I think
1: you counted six sharpshooters
0: across the weekend. Yeah, different attempts. Yeah, so it was used a lot, and it was used by good guys to get cheered and bad guys to get booed. Yeah, there was no screw jobs though, which I liked.
1: Yes, that's good. Let's leave the screw jobs out of wrestling, please.
0: Yeah, they don't need to have any of those.
1: We have a very unique battle here you see because we have a competitor fight a blonde canadian wrestler who is a veteran of the sport uh we haven't got any other matches like this on this card oh
0: yeah right this was an issue we had wasn't it because you've got charlotte flair and trish stratus Mm -hmm. doing and it was it was funny it's only when you said it when we were watching i was like jesus you're right because i think i was just so like kind of into like oh it's trish stratus she's coming back Mm -hmm. yay and i was excited for that but yeah the storyline was very similar it's
1: just the same it's like i was part of wrestling during when women weren't treated with respect but our era of women's wrestlers helped herald in your era of women's wrestlers. So, you so you should respect me respect me i'm blonde and canadian
0: <laughs> also bitch because this is, a, this is a main event women's feud so that word has to be used Quite a lot. It's the
1: activation word. It's, instead of ringing the bell, you have to say the word bitch, yeah. and then the match can start. There
0: we go. I love that they went with a submission match. This is not something which any old competitors could do, male, female, or otherwise, because you've not got near falls. And I thought this was a very, for the first match of the cards on the main show, I thought this was quite a, uh, a daring one to do. One, because you've got Becky Lynch in the opener, which I thought was a bit strange but two because you want to start the card off right but you've got no near falls to get the crowd kind of into it so they have to be really careful and i thought they like bad submission matches there's nothing worse yeah uh we we're the new network design has meant that you can scroll through and look at the uh the net, the pay-per-views that have never had another iteration like breaking point which was a submission rules themed pay-per-view they did
1: no that's such a bad idea. I've probably only seen like three submission matches in my whole life, and yet even I know that's a bad idea. Well, you don't want
0: to see Triple H and Shawn Michaels take on uh, Legacy in a in a submissions count anywhere match. No. So yeah, not, not they they can submissions stay. Submissions
1: count anywhere. That's such a bad idea. So you can like submit like in the front row on the floor where no one yeah. can see. Yeah. Great! What a great fan experience that must have been.
0: There's also the legendary submission match between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund, where they were going to say where well, you had to say the words "I quit." And so it was like an "I quit" submission match. <laughs> Bret had Bob in a move, and the uh, ring announcer, the referee, goes and goes. What do you say, Bob? Do you quit? Ring the bell, and you can no! you could just see Bret going off oh, for. <laughs> screw job <laughs> another one yeah yeah another screw job there so thought they did a great job here they were building up that natalia was working on becky's arm so she couldn't use the disarmer and that natalia was going for the sharpshooter very often like towards the end i thought the crowd like they they built up the canadian kind of love for natalia very very well i thought yeah. i thought people would boo becky kind of like a steve austin type thing She's been pretty pretty salty with her language In the run up to it
1: She is but people absolutely love her I didn't really expect people To boo her to be honest
0: Really I, I, I was booing her When she was making fun Of Total Divas And, and her Instagram Her Instagram game Is strong How I dare you I
1: didn't see her Make fun of Total Divas Oh Where yeah Why would she do that
0: She was like Well I was busy out here Blazing a trail for myself You were on there Posing in a bikini On Total Divas Or perfecting your oh, Book yeah. face on Instagram What
1: I didn't like that at all I, I think that's that. very nasty To women It is Internalised misogyny Becky Lynch
0: What well, we should have Expected no less From the man Shouldn't we Yeah <laughs> <laughs> but Becky did pick up the win here. She made natalia tap out to the armbar, and we have Becky still as our champion. The big reveal on Raw the following night was that Sasha Banks is back.
1: Ah, yes, and I hear she did a very cool thing to uh, reveal her new what would you call it alignment?
0: Alignment, yes. If we're to refer back to our D D chart. Yeah. I love this because this is one of those great moments like Shinsuke Nakamura having an entrance at a big takeover event or something that non wrestling fans are like, what? what? What is this weird world? And we're like, shut up. This is ours. And we love it. <laughs> she revealed her new persona by pulling off a wig to show up her new blue hair.
1: So cool. I think that's how they should also reveal if they're on new brands like SmackDown or Raw. Oh, very good. Reveal a different colored wig.
0: And every time now where you have the It's Me Austin moment, it should be that Vince pulls off his hair, his toupee to reveal another blue (laughs) toupee. Oh, son of a bitch. Coming up next, I'm going to call it right now. I've been thinking about this for a while. This was possibly my favorite Goldberg match ever. Yeah, I think so. I... Love this so much, and this Joe is something that Paul Heyman's fingerprints are definitely all over. Really, this is Heyman's idea, one hundred percent. But it's
1: just a Goldberg It's like any other Goldberg match. Goldberg came out of the room, his special room. Nah. he didn't give himself a concussion.
0: Yeah, that was a very that was a noted improvement. Now, Someone... Maybe that's the Heyman fingerprints. Yeah. No, don't. All stop right. it. Stop it. No, there'll be no more matches for you if you keep doing this. So stop it. <laughs>
1: Goldberg comes out. Dolph Ziggler gives him like two super kicks.
0: Yeah, that, the fact that Dolph got anything on him was like,
1: what Yeah, <laughs> like I, was the super kick as well. Is that his finisher? No, but it's kind of
0: it's it's one of those movies that's kind of like. If someone gets hit with a super kick right at the exact moment, it could knock them out, and that could be it, you know. And that was kind of just so
1: it's of that similar ilk, like that tier of like move where it's like you could finish the match with a super kick.
0: Exactly. It's like you know sometimes randomly if you do hyper beam and Pokemon, it will just do like loads yeah. of extra damage. It's one of those.
1: Okay. So Cause... that
0: that that had me on the edge of my seat
1: because to me I was like, oh, is he going to do his finisher just straight away? Like Goldberg does. That's a great idea. <laughs> you know, people have tried that before, and yeah. sometimes it's not worked, but you know. Doesn't mean it never will work, so I really liked that. And then Goldberg just went for the spear and won.
0: Plowed him, and then Dolph Ziggler grabs a microphone and he's like, uh, uh, like just being the most pathetic fucking worm who's insisting that he's great and the next big thing. And they've actually successfully parodied Dolph Ziggler to the point where I was like, no, come on back there, big man. Give him another one. Yeah. No, no. I know it's only been a minute, but come on. Come back and do another.
1: And he did. Yay.
0: And then he did it again. Yay. Yay!
1: Really feels like a lot of wrestling at the moment is catered to me specifically. It's like, <laughs> oh, you hate Dolph Ziggler? Well, here you go. And
0: this is great because, you know, we talked about it in our Goldberg episode where weren't as keen on the old, less kind of dynamic Goldberg not that he was particularly dynamic to begin with coming you know and ending like say Kevin Owens great championship run or like denting Brock's mystique kind of out of nowhere I think this is so perfect for Goldberg because you get Dolph Ziggler on the cards, which yeah. he probably definitely I mean was it was going to be this or Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz yeah I
1: know which one I'd prefer
0: yeah and I mean no no love lost here like this was absolutely perfect Goldberg gets to be Goldberg fans were absolutely delighted with themselves Makes people speculate, when's he gonna wrestle again? And, like, there was a great thing. I don't know if you've seen, like, Matt Riddle, what he uh, posted on Instagram today. So I came to the performance centre, and I saw this, and it was just, like, a little napkin that had been sellotaped to his locker, saying, whenever I want, you're next. (gasps) Goldberg. And I fucking love that. I love, I just love, because it made me excited about it now. Like, Goldberg could show up whenever, you know? That's cool. And it'll only be... I'd say maximum three or four times a year. But like, I'm,
1: I'm, yeah, I'm down with this. Especially seeing as you say, apparently Goldberg enjoys wrestling again now, even though when we did our Goldberg episode, it was like, and he hates wrestling now and he's never wants to wrestle again. He had no love
0: for it. His really, body is well. tired
1: and old and he just needs to retire. This is like perfect.
0: Cause like, how many times where it's like you got legend like I, I always remember i saw this like thing on twitter a while ago and did one of the big legend shows where it raw where it's like oh steve austin's back and roddy piper's back and they did some segment where they all bet up like some young heel and someone posted like that their little boy was watching and was like who are these old people why did they why did they beat up this young guy and it's like oh because they're legends but like they all just ganged up on them you know yeah. and, like when when you have to hit this whole thing where like legends are legends and legendary legends you, when they're just stood in the ring and they can't do anything other than smile and nod at each other
1: especially if and as often the case these legends haven't kept in great shape no. they're not wrestling on a regular basis and they cannot do the moves like they used to be able to so it just looks like really hokey as,
0: as, as the old song says <laughs> leave the memories alone do him to go and this was perfect because this was gold Goldberg, as I remembered him, yeah. and as I want to remember him...
1: Goldberg still does a meticulous spear. I absolutely love to see it. Oh, and, and Dolph's little Dolph's spin. Dolph's little spin. He ah. landed on his neck and head. It was so gross and scary, but I love it because it's Dolph Ziggler. And and Dolph's great at doing a super kick as well. Like, so so clean.
0: Yeah, it's really, really great. That's just... That's what I want, you know, from Goldberg. That is how you book him. Keep him away from main events and all that. Yeah. It's, a, it's an attraction. It's an experience and it's a bit of fun and I love it.
1: It's like a nice little toilet break moment, but not like a toilet break moment because you don't really want to miss it. But like yeah. a short segment that you know, you can go grab a cup of tea if you, it's not your thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like it. So who would you want to see other than Matt Riddle next be defeated by Goldberg? Who,
0: who will next definitely beat Goldberg? <sighs> Jesus Christ, that is a tricksy one. Because isn't
1: it? if the Miz was heel, I would go with the Miz. Yeah, I
0: think the Miz. You yeah. think
1: face the Miz?
0: Not fa- no. It has to be Goldberg has to be against heels. That's what
1: I think. Yeah.
0: Like unless it's Matt Riddle, and if you're gonna have like yeah. one last match or whatever, have have him be the guy. I don't know. Like something like Goldberg against like. You know, not not Adam Cole, but like like Ooh, so, someone like that. Yeah. You know, like you want a cocky guy. You know, maybe someone from Two Hundred Five Live or someone like that. Even you know, mm. someone called. I you don't want to be burying champions. No. Or anyone who's got a lot going on at the moment. No, you
1: want like a a reasonably respected mid-carder.
0: Yeah, which is Dolph Ziggler. Which is Dolph Ziggler to a T. You know what? I'd, I'd actually, if they said, you know, in three months' time, Dolph Ziggler's going to come back <laughs> and they're going to do this again, I would be like. Yes, okay, yeah, I'm all for Only it. Only
1: if it goes exactly the same. Yeah,
0: maybe I, an extra spear. <laughs> I don't
1: want like I don't want a match like a proper match and wrestling. I want just just the spears.
0: I things. actually I do. what I'd love. I'd love like something like the revival, a tag team. Ooh. And these do that you know, you can play it out, say like you you put the revival over for weeks and weeks there they're tag team specialists. How can one man be two? Oh, we obviously he can, but then it'll just be the bit of the spectacle where Goldberg does them both in at the same time, you know? There's a lot... Like, everyone's going to have a fun time with this. I think they've shown here... Like, I don't think Dolph has been, like, buried anymore than he... If anything, he was elevated by this.
1: You know who I would pick? Mm-hmm. I would pick heel Daniel Bryan. Ooh. But I would... Do a little bit of a match with it And have Daniel Bryan be on like the evasive manoeuvres Rolling like, Try around, and dodge like, out of the way like But like only for like three minutes And then get speared <laughs> Well
0: it's finally happened All these years later We have finally made Joe a bit of a Goldberg fan
1: A little bit yeah, yeah A little
0: bit All the talk was him killing Dolph Ziggler Who knew <laughs> uh, Coming up next was a match Which in looking back now Was obviously going to struggle following What was basically ice cream birthday cake uh, That was you know That was a lot of fun AJ Styles and Ricochet. I was really, really jazzed for this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? It's two flippy boys.
0: The flippiest.
1: The flippiest doing flippity doos.
0: A lot of hatred from uh, from folks about Ricochet's outfit.
1: What the hell? What do people not have any taste? I loved the outfit.
0: Uh, people took Corey Graves' line on commentary to heart, where when you have actual abs, why would you have painted on abs on oh, an outfit? Shut up!
1: I think that's. I think that's really shallow.
0: I think so as well. I mean, well, like...
1: Because, like, like, you Canonically, can say,
0: Batman's got abs, right? Yeah.
1: But, like, are you also then going to imply that people without abs should hide away their body? True, Is that yeah. what you're implying here? Because that's not cool.
0: I don't know. I mean, you've got abs, Corey Graves. Why are you commentating with a top on them? Yeah. Pop it off. Take like, it off. Like, if Show it, if... us your abs. <laughs> I liked the eggfish because it made him look different. Yeah. The long tights with the, the long knee pad boots and the wrist tape. Fucking hell. Everyone has that right now. Every, yeah. every, everyone, including his opponent, AJ Styles. I don't want to see like very similar dressed guys wrestle each other.
1: No way. I liked this. He looked like something out of Tron. Yes. It's really cool. My only criticism with his outfit was that it looked a bit cheap having it be your two parts, the top and the yeah. bottom. I think as a bodysuit, it would have worked much better.
0: Yeah, but- it, it reminded me, because like, we were doing Rey Mysterio matches around the time, it reminded me of a lot of his kind of his outfits that would be like one pieces or would be kind of homages to stuff. Yeah. And I liked that he, I mean, is, have you ever have you heard the music folks? It does sound quite superhero. Yeah. The, the music did fit the outfit, but like, yeah.
1: I like abs as much as the next person. hmm. But I just think there's a time and a place, and there's loads of abs in wrestling. Like, you don't have to look very far to find abs if you want abs.
0: Yeah, Carl Anderson was on the outside of the ring. Look over there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> there they are. He's worked really hard for those abs, <laughs> and he's really proud of them and wants to show them off. So, yeah. look at them.
0: <laughs> Surprisingly, though, they went with the storyline of AJ Styles is going to make sure that Ricochet can't do any flips. And he couldn't yeah and that was the story of this match
1: I mean it got a couple of cool moves out of it like there was one in particular where ricochet jumped off the top rope with one leg and oh he, he did, did he like did like one
0: a... foot yeah that was yeah. cool and was
1: that like a six thirty he did he did a,
0: as far as I know he just did like kind of a, a diet it was a springboard he he right. bounced off the ropes but you could see that he was selling the leg yeah because I know that's something that you've pointed out in a lot of the matches that we were watching for Ray for and stuff where it's like how come his legs not sore anymore? How come he's jumping over the top rope or yeah. jumping onto a ladder and Ricochet sold his leg and still did it? But that was like would of maybe very few flips that we actually saw. And
1: AJ wasn't flipping either. I don't know. Because he's heel
0: now, I guess. I but don't know.
1: I don't like that. I don't like the whole idea that heels can't be flips.
0: Yeah, they can. They absolutely can be. But yeah, you know, they'd had like a couple of matches before this, and they were kind of like, let's slow down, let's take it easy, and all that. But if you're not going to do it at SummerSlam. When the fuck are you going to do it? Yeah,
1: I'm sorry, but like when you hear of a match like Ricochet versus AJ Styles, you expect a level of flips. Yeah. And I think it's really cruel to deny us of that. Give me my flips.
0: That's, That's kind of what's advertised. And I'm not saying what they did here wasn't good. It was a really good story in terms of you had the heel who was attacking the weak spot... That was going to take away his opponent's strongest playing card, which was that his flips and all that. But, you know, if I go to the circus and then the clowns come out and one does a fucking kick-ass, chilling monologue, I'll still be pissed off. (laughs) Because that's not what I came to see the clowns do. They're meant to roll around and throw pies and get out of that little car gimmick, yeah?
1: Although, doing a chilling monologue while having a pie in the face...
0: Well, that's brilliant. On a
1: unicycle.
0: Well, you've just written the Fraser Return storyline right there. I think that's (laughs) what we need to have happen. So AJ Styles did pick up the win here, but it was kind of, it was anticlimactic. Yeah, it was. They did lose the crowd a little bit with this one. Coming up next was a a fairly, fairly disappointing match. I gotta say, Uh, I I hate that they happen back to back like this. Mm. Ember Moon, massive fan of her. Mm. Challenging Bailey as a champion. I mean, Bailey, I was really happy that she's had the belt. I think we were very happy that they're, have a bit more of a grown up Bailey now. Mm. This did not click like with the crowd or with each other or with anyone, it felt like. Yeah,
1: I couldn't put my finger on what it was about this match that that stopped it from being a great match. But unlike you, I didn't dislike it. Mm. It was fine.
0: I was I was a bit a bit bored by it because
1: Yeah, I fell asleep during
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's bad when you fall asleep during it and we didn't stay up to watch this one. <laughs> I mean with Ember and and Bailey I've heard a lot of people say like kind of oh it's the fault of the storyline cuz Ember's not over and, you know she's not been built as a threat so therefore people didn't buy her as a challenger and I'm like I honestly I think when you got a crowd Full of you know, 20,000 people All there to see the fucking wrestling They're not thinking about going. Kind of, well, Are they a credible challenger they They're reacting to what They're fucking seeing in the ring mm-hmm. You at home Who've watched a lot of TV And are there thinking about All the TV you've watched Believe me When you're at a live wrestling show The last thing on your mind Is all the TV You've watched in the weeks up to it Fair. It's whether or not It's actually Right then and there good mm-hmm. I, I think any two wrestlers At any moment in time Can come out in front of a Of a willing audience And steal the show
1: But it wasn't like it wasn't bad. It wasn't no. like it had botches. It Just wasn't like were they quiet. weren't doing wrestling. They were. There
0: were there were a few hairy bits here and there, but I mean I couldn't. I mean I've been watching SmackDown as a you and I couldn't really tell you like like Bailey's kind of a little bit heelish in the way that like the champ where it's like oh you want to challenge me kid okay you know she's kind of a bit of a watered down Bailey and Ember Moon like I don't know I would expect this is our first singles match on yeah. pay per view. I thought this would be like, fuck yeah, Ember Moon. And now it's like, is this going to be another case like Asuka where we've got a a real dominant fucking kick-ass champion from NXT gets, I don't know, a shitty little mini-run and then kind of obscurely buried? And
1: then what about Bayley? Because I feel she's not wrestled on a pay-per-view in... Ages. No, she has been. She's been defending. Oh, really? that She has been. <laughs> I just don't remember. The
0: SmackDown Women's Championship is being treated like the old Women's Championship used to be. It's important as a stopgap. It's kind of an afterthought. It's not have like we're not thinking like what are cool storylines that we can do that will feature this belt. It's like you know, who's the champion going to face this month? Just yeah. pick someone and like. It, say nothing of the Women's Tag Team Championships, yeah, I should which say. Yeah, it was on the
1: pre-show. Yeah. I, mean, I thought with Alexa Bliss having it now that it would maybe get a bit more of a push, but evidently well, not.
0: Yeah, Alexa Bliss and Nikki took on the Iconics in the pre-show, which, uh, yay, heels versus heels. Fun. Yeah. That, that'll that get those belts off the ground. Anyway, Amber didn't manage to overcome the odds. She was beaten by Bailey fairly resolutely. She got a big belly-to-belly off the top rope. Ah, uh, yeah. I was... I, I was... I was left wanting more Mm. So I do want to see them wrestle again Because I know they can do They're both NXT grads They both know how to fucking wrestle I'm sure they can do better than this
1: I would have liked if there had been some kind of I don't know stipulation in the match Which would have meant it was a bit more hard hitting Mmm so like something to kind of make this match stand out a bit more.
0: Because yeah, when you've got like three women's matches on the cards, like one's like a returning legend, the other's a submission match, like, and then Bailey's just going to wrestle Ember. Which is yeah.
1: fine, like it's fine, but that's only fine if the wrestling is like good enough to pull it off. And I just yeah. felt it was. I don't know if they were told to hold it back or what, but it just felt lacking.
0: It there was a disconnect with the audience. Yeah. felt Like a little bit. Coming up next, a singles match where if one of the competitors loses, he had to quit. It's Kevin Owens taking on Shane McMahon, the best in the world. He's all over your show. And I love the storyline they've done with Kevin Owens with this one. This is very, very cool. He is very funny in this role as a, like, kind of... He's, he's kind of like an anti-hero a little bit yeah. at the moment. I really a lot enjoy of this. anti-heroes
1: in wrestling at the moment.
0: I mean, they're fun. I mean, I'd much rather have an anti-hero than a heel who gets cheered all the time, who's yeah. like, still like, I hate all you fans. Yay! You know, you've got the best of both worlds here. And this is the role that Kevin Owens was, was born to he, play. Like, Yeah,
1: absolutely was. I also love his uh, salt and pepper beard.
0: It's a good look. It is, isn't it?
1: More grey hair in wrestling, please.
0: They did a bit like... They did a bit where, you know, Elias is the special guest enforcer. He's like the outside referee in this one. And he got the shit knocked out of him by Kevin Owens as he beat him up with a chair loads. And they did a thing on SmackDown and where, where Shane was like, you're being fined for attacking a referee so viciously. You're getting fined $100,000. And the first thing Kevin Owens says is like, that's going to hurt my family. I'm like, oh yes, a wrestler who actually... I see it now, like, why they went with this. Like, yeah, this works for Kevin Owens. He's yeah. a family man. And what was he saying when he was a monster in NXT, breaking people's backs? He says, I'm I doing do it for my family. F- family.
1: Oh, my God, yes. It works so well.
0: Makes him seem like a human being and not a yeah. weird kind of, I don't know, WWE superstar card. that you Yeah,
1: can- <laughs> template character.
0: I love that so much. Uh, I was surprised... That Shane did very little in this match.
1: Yeah, this match. I mean, again, it was it was it was fine, if not good. But there wasn't any like big bombastic moves. We didn't even get coast to coast. No
0: coast to coast. No. Go
1: through the table,
0: and that's bad because it shows you now that with Shane, man, you expect that. If you don't get that, it's not like oh. You know, if you get that, it's not like hey, an extra bonus. It's like good, you've done the thing you meant to do. Yeah, but that's I, your job, right? When you've not done it, it's like well you threw lots of fun punches was it i say punches instead of punches because those are not punches
1: <laughs> what was the last pay-per-view we watched was it extreme rules
0: yes it was extreme rules
1: And that was the show, wasn't it, where, like, six people went through the tables?
0: Yeah, there was a lot of table breaking on that. It
1: felt like we had so many in that pay-per-view that meant they couldn't afford to do any in this pay-per-view. Yeah,
0: Shane's buffs haven't cooled down since the last (laughs) show. But there you go, when you've Shane man resting on every pay-per-view, it runs out of things to do. I think this one was benefited greatly from the fact that, you know, Canadian hero Kevin Owens... Fans love seeing him there. Yeah. The fact that his kids and his, you know, his his family were in the in the front row that was awesome. I love that. And Shane just getting beat anyway is is really fun. And I thought the the finish was really really great. Where they teased It's like Roddy Piper when he had the bell when fighting Bret Hart, like thinking like, will I just go back to my old ways and cheat like a nasty baddie? And then instead he gave the chair back to the referee. He's like, I'm so sorry. And then he kicked Shane in the balls really hard. Yeah we felt that one all the way here in manchester it was great
1: yeah so good
0: so yes kevin owens wins shane mcmahon is still here this was not as many people thought the writing off of shane mcmahon oh no
1: it wasn't if if shane loses he goes it's only
0: kevin It's kevin
1: owens if he loses he goes
0: there's a bit on smack day where kevin owens literally came out and he's like it's unfair this stipulation why don't you put your career on the line and shane goes no I'm and, not an idiot. And that's it. And Kevin's like, damn it. He got me. Like, Fooled again. Walked into that one. <laughs> so I'm assuming we're going to get another match between these two. And that will be the write off for Shane McMahon.
1: Well, you think there will be a write off? I don't think there will. Oh, they're fucking I think it's there staying has around. has
0: to be, Joe. There no, has I don't to think be. So. Maybe he'll be like his old man and go and say he's become a genetic jackhammer and go get kid number six or something like that. Just. Go fucking start a streaming service. Go, please.
1: I don't think he's gonna go. Do
0: the XFL but with cricket or something. I just go, please.
1: I don't think he's going to. Because Shane, he we does, can't miss
0: you if you don't go.
1: If he goes, I don't think he's gonna come back. I I mean he's getting on. You reckon? How old is he?
0: Fifty coming up now in a couple of yeah, he's months. 49, I think. Isn't he? Yeah, he's 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 approaching the big five O. That's mean, stage age as well. He could be older.
1: I mean, how old is Goldberg?
0: Goldberg is in his 50s.
1: And all he does is the spear. You think yeah. about the two different workloads those two have. Shane is a lot more active That's than Goldberg. That's true. He's,
0: he's, he's kind of. I'm worried that Shane McMahon has become like a load bearing character. Yeah. And if you remove him from SmackDown, it will just kind of structure, crumble. will crumble in on itself. Yeah. So yeah, I guess maybe we'll have lots more Shane for years to come.
1: (laughs) But like I think it's fine because he's not gonna be around forever. And as a wrestler, I mean. He really won't be, even though it feels like he is. He's not got that many years left of him being able to do things like coast to coast and big falling off cages. Are you you saying that we should
0: appreciate Shane while we have the best of the world here? Even
1: though I am sick of Shane. (laughs) I hope he at least becomes a smaller part that's all that's, I want yeah that'd
0: be fine I don't
1: care about him going away I don't mind about that I'm just less of him
0: and I will say since the last go around and him not being on Raw that, that has helped that has actually helped and I would say my disdain for the character is probably at like a 5 compared to like a 9 where yeah. it was previously where he was on Raw and Smackdown and fucking everything in between so yeah that that's okay we're making progress <laughs> little by little Coming up next, a very, very, very much a dream match. It's Charlotte Flair taking on Trish Stratus. Do you know this was Trish's first singles match since she retired?
1: Wow. Every
0: other time she's wrestled, it's been in either mixed tags or uh, just women's tags or six-person tags or whatever. They did like a like a match or two but it wasn't actually a match just an angle or whatever but the last time she had a singles match I believe was 2006 in, in Toronto when she retired against Lisa
1: wow I had no idea years. that's amazing yeah she was great in this match I love this match it's one of one of my favourite of the night I think
0: oh it was fucking great I mean like I'm at the moment now in the Smackdown crawl where I review all of Smackdown with Adam on the Atatara podcast Patreon page We're at the moment now where Trish has kind of come in as a character, but has kind of gotten past that shonky first, I don't know what I'm doing and has actually, you know, developed a bit as a character. And it's just amazing looking back now and just kind of actually thinking like, God, she was actually really fucking good quite from the get-go. Not just clouded by the cloud of of young testosterone as a 12-year-old boy. So, like, seeing her come back and having a singles match now against Charlotte, and like, Charlotte is a fucking total beast. She's like, I think she is the tippity top performer that they have in terms of like the women at the moment on, on their shows in in terms of like I just think in Doran she's like she's got her father's jeans yeah. I think she could wrestle for fucking hours on end if she wanted to
1: I would love to see Charlotte doing a one hour match like a long match she's
0: done um, she did an Iron Woman match before those 30, oh, yeah. 30 minutes Especially with that. Nice. And she has wrestled some long matches. I know that Hell in the Cell with Sasha, that was long. in the main event of WrestleMania yeah, great, yeah. as well. She also got to be in. So this was awesome because everything that Trish was doing, I felt made Charlotte look good. It kept Charlotte away from Becky. Thank fuck. Because I think those two should be...
1: Yeah, kept as far away from each other as possible.
0: Absolutely. I know, I love this. This was great. And I like that they played off the fact that, you know... That Trish is a mom. Yep. And then you had Charlotte being like, oh, you were a mom. Is that so hard? Oh, you need to go get your kids in the minivan. Wow. I'm a wrestler. That's actually hard. You should know this. <laughs> and they say, oh, it's because when you wrestled, it wasn't at the level that we wrestle at now. Is that it? And again, it was a similar storyline, as you said, to, mm-hmm. to Natalia and Becky. But yeah, I, I thought this was great.
1: I loved it. What's the move that uh, they did when you get them in like a submission hold and the person who's got them in the submission holder's on their back and does like a crab.
0: What? As in the figure eight? Charlotte yes, finisher? that one. They did Trish do the figure they eight? They
1: did Trish do it and she did it Perfectly.
0: Yeah, that was the best ad for Trish Stratus' <laughs> yoga studio ever. Like, you, you want know? to look like
1: me and be able to do this?
0: Yeah, it's like when DDP came in the Royal Rumble a few years ago. I was like, God damn! All right. <laughs> I tried
1: to do the crab the other day. Yeah, because I'm quite fit. I do DDP yoga four or five times a week. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not in terrible condition. I tried to do the crab and I literally couldn't get off my back. I was like a turtle. <laughs> it was I mean, very embarrassing.
0: Turtles are far less fierce than than crabs. So you. Wouldn't want to use that in a wrestling match i don't think i
1: really want to be able to do the crab
0: yeah well i mean if bray bray wyatt couldn't do it at the start when he was trying to do it he fell over a few times but he <laughs> stuck at it didn't he like so i thought it was great like they i think they shielded like trish, like i didn't think at any moment like oh she trish can't go anymore she can't do there this are, out or the other
1: there are a couple of like hairy moments where moves weren't done as well as Maybe they could have been like. There's a moment where.
0: It was when they went into the corner for the Yeah, They went to the
1: corner and like Charlotte put Trish in the position. Yeah, there was a, there was, was a bit of help there. Yeah, a tree of woe or something, and it was just a bit like, okay, you're helping them do the moves now, which was a shame. But Trish, you know. Isn't a wrestler on the same league as Charlotte? So no, and I think there's going to be a bit of carrying.
0: I, I I was happy to kind of turn a blind eye to such moments. I mean, Trish's finisher, the Stratus faction, is literally built upon the concept of teamwork in wrestling because there ain't <laughs> no. no way any human can do that without someone being really nice and helping them. Um, so I I was just happy to see Trish kind of perform at a level where. Like, yeah, the fact that she's not done a singles match, and I, that hadn't dawned on me,
1: Yeah,
0: showed you what a good job they've done, or I'd say probably Trish herself has done yeah. it, being very selective at when she's come back. Because she's been back, you know, on and off, like every other year at least.
1: More than any other female wrestler yeah, from her era.
0: definitely. So I thought that was like, that was fucking good going on her part mm. to actually... It's SummerSlam, hometown. And she was saying as well in media, this was her last match, you really? know, that that was, that was it for her. She was hanging it all up then afterwards. I think she's like 45 now.
1: That's yeah, yeah. so good for her.
0: She looked fucking incredible.
1: I mean, it would be great to have more wrestlers who are women who are older, but she has got a family that she wants to spend more time with. And she's got a yoga business. Like, yeah. priorities have to come into play.
0: Exactly. I mean, I really did like the fact though, that it, you know, she didn't try to look like Trish Stratus from 2002 or three, whatever, because she's not, she's completely physically different from then. Mm -hmm. I like that she had like the brunette at the base of her hair, but a bit of blonde in there. So Mm -hmm. you did kind of, you saw a bit of, you saw, you, you would see and it. know it's definitely Trish Stratus, mm. but it was the older Trish Stratus, and I thought that was very cool. And if it's her last match, then she went out in a high, because this was really, really good, I think.
1: Yeah, I love
0: yeah. this match. Uh, Craig did a very big round of, a big kind of standing ovation for Trish at the end, and that was really, really cool. Charlotte won with the figure eight. Coming up next, the WWE Championship as Kofi Kingston. Stupid! stupid takes on randy orton <laughs> unprofessional professional <laughs> this was great because as soon as they put these guys together i was like oh joe i've got a bit of scandal for you now for over 10 years not ago that not you. that
1: they'll ever tell you not that
0: they'll ever tell the whole story was built about the scandal and i love us.
1: I just wish that they would show a clip of what happened because if I hadn't had you explaining it to me, I would be very confused.
0: Yeah, and if Kofi didn't have Randy Orton, no doubt, explain to him afterwards, he would have been confused because <laughs> it's possibly one of the biggest overreactions in the history of wrestling where Randy literally spun him around and he was expecting a move and there was just a second of a... Uh, and he, then Randy's like, for fuck, it's all ruined. No, no, cancel Christmas. No, no, no. I'm burning the presents. You forgot to put the star on the top of the tree at the exact right moment. It'll st- we'll try again next year, kids. It's Give me the match.
1: such a tantrum.
0: It was. The one thing I didn't like was that they, they turned to where it was like, Randy used his influence to hold me down. Mm. Whereas I feel Randy is probably in a place now where they could kind of go, Randy was a hot Yeah. And unprofessional, yeah. But because he had the boss's ear, he got his way. And I kind of, I want, I want them to tell the story that Kofi is, is like the turtle in the hair. Kofi was not a hothead, and Kofi was, you know, just doing his job and you know trucking along and trying to, you know, not make too many bad ways for himself. And that meant that he didn't get an opportunity for so long. Whereas Randy, who just fucking, you know, did whatever the fuck he wanted and it was super-duper privileged because of his position, you know, got ahead really quickly.
1: Yeah, it's like WWE doesn't like to tell stories like that. I don't think they like to... Uh... We're so
0: close here, though. I know, <laughs> Nine-tenths so of the way. Yeah,
1: so far. I don't think they like it being known that the head office is manipulated a bull. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think they would like how it look makes them look if they can go oh yeah Randy Orton just whispered in Vince's ear and said oh, I don't like that guy yeah. don't, don't book him again it makes the WWE look really pathetic
0: whereas that is literally I can't wait to do a Randy episode with you you, you have no fucking idea James. <laughs> oh I'm going to hate him
1: it's going to I mean I already dislike Randy Orton and it's going to ruin him for me
0: If anything he'll be he'll be delighted because it'll make you hate him and he he just <laughs> he wants that I thought that these two guys had a really good match, which was unfortunately completely dampered by the finish, which I didn't think worked at all. Like, I I get you want to do more matches between the two or whatever, but they tried to do a thing where Randy went out and like got in Kofi's kid's face.
1: Yeah, it was a bit strange.
0: And then Kofi's going to go out and like beat him up. And then we had the fucking super duper fast double countdown. And then that was it. And it was like, damn, Kofi think the story they're trying to tell is that Kofi was more concerned about his family than keeping his championship. Right. Or something.
1: But what about Randy?
0: But, like, that's the thing as well. Like, the camera angle, you didn't it see the kids. It, yeah. You saw, like, three rows back at the backs of people's heads. So it looked like Randy was just, like, looking at his kid. And then Kofi's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then they got counted out. Yeah. And- that's not how you end up no, championship match. No, it didn't
1: work at all. It's very confusing. I Do didn't... that
0: in the match that leads up to the SummerSlam match, maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, not this one. I don't know if something went wrong or if that's how they intended it to go, but it was a real shame because it ruined an otherwise really good match.
0: Yeah, with, with a story that I'm super duper invested in. Yeah. And it shows you how much I'm invested in it that even after this very damp finish, which led to a resounding chance of bullshit from the crowd that I really want to see him wrestle again. So yeah. there you go. Coming up next, a big, big debut and someone who's on their merry way for a little bit of a holiday. Finn Balor, he'll be uh, going away for a couple of months, if reports are to be believed. Taking on the debuting Bray Wyatt, or should I say re-debuting, He's the
1: Fiend. Mm -hmm. He came out with a new entrance.
0: Yes, which has been, you know, Firefly Funhouse... Which hasn't really been shown on pay-per-view, so I don't know if you had a lot of chance to chat about it, but you're a big fan of it, generally speaking. Oh,
1: I love it. Especially the muscle man dance.
0: Yeah, which definitely had like, you know, Bray's been watching his Tim and Eric, which makes me happy. (laughs) Yes, oh, I
1: was so influenced by Tim and Eric. I loved that.
0: If we start doing a thing where like Bray Wyatt pretends to review movies with another member of the roster, that slowly builds (laughs) to a really intense feud. I'm all for that as well.
1: I loved Puppet Vince. That's one of my favourite bits in wrestling ever.
0: It's disturbed me as well though which I also like he's a
1: really scary demon puppet
0: that that the fiend mask is fucking terrifying yeah the music that they play the when he does it the flashing lights Mm -hmm. when he attacked McFoley with it him doing the mandible claw I think that's fucking awesome yes
1: I love the mandible claw from him such a great move because it's a gross move and and the fiend is gross (sighs) he's got the gloves yeah and it's scary and it looks you can imagine how painful it would be
0: the the Huskus the pig, which also... Just...
1: Looks like Jerry Lawler. Have you noticed? <laughs> looks exactly like Jerry Lawler. No,
0: I haven't seen him around, have you? I mean, just saying. He could, be, he could have turned into a puppet. Someone's cursed him and turned him into a puppet. I yeah. mean, that would be like kind of a fishing curse for Jerry Lawler. You're oh, t- turned man. into a puppet like... No,
1: pigs are too good for Jerry Lawler.
0: But like I love with the Firefly Funhouse that it's just on the surface, it's like it's weird, it's creepy, it's funny, it's different. It, I, I cheer when I see it on my wrestling show because it breaks it up a little yeah. bit. But like there's layer there's layers and meaning to all of it. Like mm. Bray has put so much thought into it. Like you've got Ramblin' Rabbit, obviously, who's there. You've got Huskus the Pig, who's meant to be that's meant to be a dig at his old character, he was a guy called Husky Harris. Wow. and you know he was involved in you know a lot of storylines and a lot of problems he had with his weight at the time and that's meant to symbolize his struggles with his with his weight and his body image you've got mercy the buzzard who's based off of wayland mercy who's the character that originally inspired the bray wyatt gimmick all oh who's a back.
1: murderer right who's
0: kind of the serial killer murderer yeah. kind of cape fear type of character and, like, you've got um, Abby the Witch. Yeah. Sister Abigail. Yeah. You know, you get in the back, you the picture of the, the burning down shack that Randy Orton set yeah. on fire too. Haven't seen many crew sixes in the yeah. Firefly Funhouse. But, like, mm. I love that there's all those layers there. And I love that, like, randomly on episodes of Smackdown, apparently Rambling Rabbit's just been in the background shot. People have keep finding the, oh, really? the puppets spread around. And people are trying to figure out, like, if the puppets are there, does that mean that the Fiend is going to come out and attack someone? Because oh. he's on- the Fiend has only appeared, like, three times yeah he attacked on on Raw that is he attacked Finn Balor he attacked Mick Foley and he attacked Kurt Angle and then he had his match here and he wasn't on Raw or Smackdown this week
1: I think if they're careful with this character and they keep booking it the way they've done it he's gonna be bigger than The Undertaker yeah
0: and also like, you're gonna sell so many fucking goddamn toys and masks and masks and t-shirts also Bray's in probably the best shape of his life mm. and him being in great shape works for this character so well because The Fiend is such a it's such a different type of mask. Mm. It's such a different, like, it's so fucking gross. It, like, it looks like it's moist and wet and bleh. And yeah. it would be salty if you licked it. I don't like no. it. It's really horrible. I'm sorry for rooting the concept of salt for everyone. Those masks
1: always are salty. Why is are, that?
0: I don't know. But the fact that he has this kind of otherworldly face. And his body, he's got these really kind of long slender legs. The fucking shoulders on him. like He's like a yeah. cartoon character. Yeah, He's a he looks so different to old Bray Wyatt.
1: Like, his silhouette is the kind of silhouette that you would definitely not want to chase you down a dark alleyway. He'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm yeah. going to die.
0: The match was only around three or so minutes. Finn got very little offence when he... I love the Finn wore all white as well. Yeah, like, so total cool. hero
1: compared to the Fiend.
0: And yeah, he did a great job because he looked terrified anytime yeah. Bray was on offence. And Bray <laughs> smashed him around. Ended it with the mandible claw. I do want to mention as well, though the the new lantern. What,
1: oh yes, I love it.
0: What what's what's up with that new lantern, huh?
1: It's like Bray Wyatt's severed head with a lantern inside its gaping mouth. It's
0: oh man!
1: Great, I love it. It's so scary, and it's great as well because when you are in the dark, which his entrance is, you can't really tell what it is. Like it took us like about like, thirty yeah. seconds to actually go. Oh my god, that's supposed to be a severed head and you can't really tell otherwise it just looks like a strange mask or something he's carrying around like it's creepy yeah. but not so creepy that's like unsuitable for kids although as you mentioned to me this morning, they've cut it out of all the YouTube recaps. Is yes.
0: Right? Now, I, I think some people have have rushed to think that that means that the head has just been completely scrapped full stop.
1: I really hope that's not but the case. But you
0: said maybe they're just making it more family friendly, which, to be honest, the algorithm in YouTube probably picks up on severed heads a lot better than it does on conspiracy theories or Nazis. So mm. maybe they're just working around those <laughs> around those parameters. So because I, th- I, I think that... They're gonna be making toys of that. No no doubt. That's it's part of the so good. package, yeah. And I liked as well that the music at the start was really chaotic and noisy and then it's like, holy shit, this is, this is broken out in love. This is the mm. old theme just redone and it worked.
1: My only criticism with the theme is I think it's too nice now. Oh, really? I would have gone for like, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I feel there's a lot of heavy metal in wrestling already. Triple H is like, hmm? Is perked up. Hey, I want to thank
0: Slipknot for the uh, the cool new song but for like, NXT TakeOver.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did the song for NXT TakeOver, which I think is like really old-fashioned, and Slipknot should not be doing that. But mm. I think Slipknot would be perfect to do Bray Wyatt's new song. That's true. Something really heavy metal and kind of, like, really, like, nasty like that with screaming and stuff.
0: Well, I hope that they only use The fiends rarely. Yes. I want to keep... see. Show me Firefly Funhouse every week, please yeah.
1: do. It must be great as well, because it must be so cheap to do.
0: Yeah, they just do it backstage, you know?
1: I wonder if they, like, carry around a little studio with them or something how it works <laughs> little studio know.
0: little red jumper just hanging around like you know well for me that's five yaoi's out of wowie for definite that was just <laughs> fucking great i loved it and it was it perked me up great this is i love that it. it went on like second to last as well yeah because that was fucking pitch perfect main event time seth i can do this rollins taking on the beast brock lesnar for the universal championship is it worth
1: it yes it is SummerSlam this
0: Sunday (laughs) Tickets A lot of tickets available Come on guys Uh, So The match Which No one was looking forward to It felt like I think In in the They They successfully Made us all think That Seth Definitely couldn't win
1: Yeah Because that's Historically what happens
0: But they also Successfully Took out All the anticipation For this In the results And that's a very dangerous line There's a fine line between thinking he ain't got no chance to fuck that you know I don't even care that he has no chance and Seth I was really I liked the beatings that Seth got they were very vicious and it was different getting an F5 onto the corner of a chair yeah got the thick sauce out of the mouth Mm you know Brock stopping the ambulance and yanking him out and F5ing him onto the stretcher yeah i mean great awesome but like i i think that sets has got to be really carefully booked now because mm. then he has this belt finally and he has beaten brock lesnar and he's beaten brock lesnar twice because he beat him before as well don't forget mm-hmm. but this time he beat him properly not just because he kicked him in the willy lots he beat him legitimately this time but like
1: i don't I- know how he beat him legitimately either considering he was very injured apparently
0: yeah, he, he had. I love the bit where Brock grabbed his bandage and threw him around with yeah, the was bandage. Cool. That was great. Like I, I, I honestly, the match was really, really good. And I think if I'm to come back to this match, like, give me like six months to a year, I'll be like, shit, that's probably one of Brock's best matches he's had. It was really, really good.
1: I liked it, but I didn't love it.
0: I mean, I think all. I- I had this stinky story stuck in my head that much, but I think it it's stood stinky out. stinky
1: Brock Lesnar to me. He hangs around like a bad fucking smell.
0: Well, I think he'll be probably be off for a little uh, a little sojourn now after this.
1: And to come back again He'll eventually. be back for
0: WrestleMania. Or probably maybe Royal Rumble as well. Who knows? I, I don't know if they'll go for him at, at Survivor Series that quickly, but mm. he's, he's definitely not going back to UFC. He, he is kind of around now. I think that the Lesnar where is he going game might have finally stopped I mean
1: he's too old isn't he for UFC
0: probably yeah I I think the UFC finally figured out that he was just using him as a marketing chip you
1: know it's about fucking time he's done it for like
0: five years yeah good job Dana White (claps) you finally
1: got that wait a minute this Brock Lesnar guy ain't going when I realised that quicker than Dana White. Yeah,
0: God, sign some more fucking checks. Give him some more free publicity on your pay-per-views. Why don't you, <laughs> fucking idiots? Lie. So yeah, Brock, Brock. I was happy to see Brock cleanly let Seth win. That is special. It remains to be seen if the announcers and WWE and the writers can get that across as being the real special thing that is that Seth has done it. He's a beast slayer and the beast is now in bold, unlike before, where it was just beast slayer in normal mm. font. It's in a serious, impactful font. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that remains to be seen.
1: I think this is the start of a downward spiral for Seth. I thought he was going to turn
0: heel here. That's what I thought they were going to do. He needs to. Something. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's getting stale. The way they're booking him is just not good.
0: You know what I'd love? Seth to come out and be like, I did it. I beat Brock Lesnar and none of you believed in me because he got booed when he when he came out at the start he got yeah. booed and he did that thing where it's like everyone's booing me yeah. huh? and he kind of shrugged a little bit so maybe that's the way we go with Seth who knows maybe he'll just fucking fight Drew McIntyre next month again or something uh... <laughs> what did you think of Summerslam let us know in the comments below what was your favorite match of the card are you happy to see Trish Stratus right off into the sunset did the fiend tick your boxes and what do you think might be next nice for old Seth Rollins and big bad Brock Lesnar we of course welcome your comments as always and hey if you're listening on Patreon thanks so much for being a backer make sure you check out our takeover review which is also out at the same time as well so you get a double dose of Kevin and Joe this month and if you're listening to this on the mainstream. There are over 55 episodes now... ...similarly this is available... ...all the pay-per-view reviews going back... ...we review AEW shows as well... ...there's some extra bonus content in there... ...like our How To Revisited series... ...where we go back and check out old episodes... ...and how the story has changed... ...we've revisited people like Brock Lesnar... ...and Kurt Angle... ...and The Shield and whatnot... ...we're going to be doing Shane McMahon... ...very very shortly... ...which will be very very fun... ...I'm sure to listen to... ...Eager Kevin a week after Shane returned... ...all those years ago... Yeah. <laughs> ...if you want to request an episode... Or even sponsor the podcast. Get a plug-in for your project, your event, your podcast, your YouTube series, your website your whatever all that can be found at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling and as always if you want to inquire about any of those things send us an email to how at gmail.com but until next month where we're going to be reviewing aews all out and as well as that we're going to be looking at the clash of champions it's going to be a goodbye from me kevin
1: and a goodbye from me joe
0: and we'll see you next time on how to wrestling
1: see ya